0: Unfortunately, there are certain aspects of the scripture that we seem to relegate only to certain times of the year. Uh, for instance, uh, when it comes to the resurrection, uh, we celebrate, which most of the world calls Easter. Our church happens to call First Fruits, which I personally believe is the biblical name of it, or Resurrection Sunday. And we all get excited about the resurrection. Um, but we should all be excited about the resurrection every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Sunday before that, Palm Sunday, oftentimes we uh, talk about uh, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem and all the things that take place during that time, uh, but we don't usually talk much about it during the year. And this is, again, one of those times where we spend uh, time during the Christmas season, talking about the quote-unquote Christmas story, Um, and we don't talk much about it on other times of the year. The unfortunate thing, especially with the Christmas story and the Christmas season, is that we're usually so tired and anxious and spent, not only physically but economically, trying to buy presents and worried about how we're going to pay for it, we'll... uh, So-and-so like what I get them, and we hear about peace on earth, goodwill to men, but we just want 15 minutes to take a nap. And so we're going to talk about the birth of the Messiah at a non-Christmas time, and I hope that this will cause you to want to look at it further. Now, the title of the sermon is the birth and announcement of, and revelation of the Messiah. In my sermon titles, and oftentimes I will use the term Messiah, which is the Hebrew version of the Anointed One, rather than Christ, although in the Scriptures you will see Christ. And I'll tell you why I'm adopting Messiah much more than Christ. Because I'm tired of Christ being a curse word. I haven't heard anybody say, oh, Messiah. So that's his his title. It's not his name. That's his title. But I want to get us thinking about that he's the Messiah, not a substitute for a bad word. And so in Luke chapter 2, we're going to see this birth of the Messiah and the announcement of his birth and some of the reactions and responses to it throughout, even in the parts where it doesn't specifically say God, God is throughout this chapter, right in the first few verses where he isn't mentioned. So it says in verse 1 of chapter 2, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth, This was the first census while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. Now, God is right there in that opening paragraph even though his name or his title isn't mentioned at all. How is that? Because Mary and Joseph, particularly Mary because she's pregnant with the Messiah, live in Nazareth, which is as the crow flies about 70 miles from Bethlehem. Probably by a journey because they're unlikely to go through Samaria and the hill country, both because it's dangerous and both because many times uh, righteous Jews would not go through Samaria, but primarily I think because it's difficult hill country and whatever. They would take a different route, which would be about 90 miles away. The scriptures do not say that the Messiah is going to be born in Nazareth. The scriptures ordain that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. So God uses an emperor, a Caesar, the head honcho of the earth, to hold a census so that God can get his people from where they are to where they're supposed to be which is also something that we should learn. That God can take us from where we are to where we're supposed to be, even when we don't know we're supposed to be there. Next week, we will take a look and see that it wasn't until they studied the Scripture to determine that the Messiah was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. God knew it because God ordained it. So God is going to have His people go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. People who don't know the Scriptures type to use the Scriptures to do their agenda. So it is a good thing for us to care about the poor and to care about the homeless. But Mary and Joseph aren't homeless. They're in this stable area, not because they're poor, but because there's so many people from all over the world who had their origins in Bethlehem that there wasn't enough room for them to stay in an inn. didn't say they couldn't afford to be in an inn. It says there wasn't any room there. So they had to go to the only place that was left. The king of the universe. The one who said, let there be light, and fashioned the world, and fashioned the universe, and fashioned you and me. Didn't force his way in to where they weren't wanted. They took what was left to them. And in a stable. And after the birth, can you imagine the parents, Mary and Joseph, knowing that this child had a miraculous origin? Didn't get to put him in a crib. Put him in a feeding trough. And in the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Almost every time you see an angel appear, people get afraid. And you probably would too. It's probably a very natural reaction when you see an angelic being. But He shows up to these shepherds. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel. That's what gospel means is good news. I bring you the gospel. I bring you good news of great joy. Not just, hey, this this is going to be exciting for about a day or two. No, this is great joy. I bring you good news of great joy for which will be for all the people. Not just some people, not just the Jew, not just the righteous, but for all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you, you, a Savior who is Christ, Messiah, the Lord. He announces, this angel announces to the shepherds that the Messiah has been born. In Bethlehem. And this Messiah is more than just going to be a king. He is going to be a savior for all the people. Now, isn't it interesting that this announcement is made not to the priests, not to the high priests, not to the kings and the governors, but to some shepherds. Some might say, well, the announcement is because they're outside and the angel. Take a look at every time an angel shows up. He usually is out inside. He, He appears to Mary inside. appears to Joseph inside. It doesn't matter the location. They appear where they want to. I'll tell you why I think that they appear to shepherds. First and less important, because they're all people. They're just Average, everyday, run-of-the-mill people. But I think the more specific reason is the next two. Because David, the king, whom the Messiah will be, was a shepherd king. He was a shepherd before he was anointed king. And this Messiah is called the Good Shepherd. He identifies with these people. Now, For those of you who don't know sheep, because most of us don't because we live in an urban environment, outside of turkeys, sheep are probably much the dumbest animals ever. They have no natural protection other than their wool. And if you shear that off, they have no protection. That's why the shepherds are there to protect them and to lead them to where they need to be. Even in the psalm it says, He leads me beside quiet waters because they're not that bright. They need a leader. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Now that has got to seem like a disconnect. You just told me That the Messiah has been born. The King of kings and Lord of lords. You just told me He was going to be born. So now I'm expecting to be able to go to a mansion, to a place where there's a throne. But no, you told me He's lying in a feeding trough. That's the sign. That's how you're going to know who the Messiah is. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Notice after the announcement of where the Messiah is to these shepherds, not only this angel but a heavenly host start praising God. It's more understanding for us to praise God because He is going to be our Savior. The angels don't need a Savior. But they see what God is doing for mankind and they're praising God. The reaction to the birth of the Messiah is praise to God. Not just the angel, but the entire heavenly host. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. It's almost like a business meeting. It's, wow, this this is pretty fascinating. Maybe we should go right away. Now who would be the idiot to say, well, let's wait a while. It's, they made known to us that the Messiah isn't, let's drop everything we're doing and go see him. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they began, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child, And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told by the shepherds. Now Mary and Joseph knew the origin of this child because the angel announced it, and Mary knew very well that she was a virgin. But now you have other people, shepherds, coming from outside of Bethlehem specifically to see the baby and to tell them what the angel said. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Almost every time something happens, Mary is thinking. Mary is the thinking believer. Uh, People want to uh, praise her for being, quote unquote, the mother of God, and she was not. He existed before she did. But she treasured things which I think is something we should do as well. When God does things, when we observe His work in the world, we should treasure them, contemplate them, meditate on them. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told of them. The angels praised God. Now the shepherds praise God because they get the announcement And they are confirmed what they were told by what they see. And they praise God. And when eight days had passed, now we don't get this in the Christmas story. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name then was called Jesus, the name given them by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. In this culture, you didn't get They didn't put on your birth certificate your name. They waited till the circumcision to give you the name. And they gave the name Yeshua, Joshua, the Greek form Jesus, which means Emmanuel God with us, Savior. So they gave him the name as he was circumcised, which shows that Jesus is placed under the law. John, I mean, uh, Paul, in his argument to those who want everybody to be circumcised, says if you start circumcision, then you need to comply with all the law. And Jesus will follow and be under the law. The difference with Jesus, he will complete it. And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, which means when you give birth and when you have the issue of blood and all the things that are part of childbirth, that makes you technically unclean. So you have to bathe yourself and do certain things in order to become ritually clean. And so there is a period of time that that takes place and the scriptures are telling us that his parents are doing all the things that the law of Moses required of them, including not only the circumcision of the child, but purification of them. So when they were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem. Now when I first started reading the Gospels, you'll see, and they keep talking about going up. And they go up to Jerusalem, and it makes sense to we... um, Americans, because when you go from the south to the north, we talk about going up, and when we talk about going from the north to the south, we go going down. That's not what they're talking about when they talk about going up or going down. Bethlehem is south of Jerusalem. But you will also see when they go from Nazareth to Jerusalem, they'll say they're going up to Jerusalem. It's not because it's north, south, east, west. It's because Jerusalem's higher than the other places. So they're going up to Jerusalem from the valleys to the hills, to the mountains. To present him to the Lord, and as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, if you just read that, you go, okay, they did what was required of them. This tells us a very interesting thing. This tells us they're not rich. How does it tell us that they're not rich? Because the typical offering for the firstborn male child was a lamb and a turtle dove. But if you were poor, you could offer two turtle doves or two... Uh, pigeons instead. And so this tells us they weren't rich. So they offered what a poor person would offer. And so again, they comply with the law. In verse 25. And there was a man in Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. This is one... Not only says that he's righteous and devout, it says he's looking for the consolation of Israel, which means he understands that Israel is in a spot, in essence, that needs to be consoled. And he's looking for that one who consoles the Messiah. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, some of people value life so much that given that, they take off for Spain. So I'm never going to die. But not so with him. He's looking forward to the consolation. He's looking forward to the day that he can see the Messiah. But he's been told he will see him. It doesn't matter how old you get doesn't matter how sick you are, you will see the Messiah. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. I always wonder if he didn't come into the Spirit, and he didn't go into the temple, would he miss out? Again, God is in control. God made a promise, you won't die until you see this. Guess what? This is the day the Messiah is going to show up. You're going to be there. They came into the Spirit, into the temple. Let me make another comment. Here's a man who's called righteous and devout. He goes into the temple in the Spirit. Some days that the best we have is when we leave this worship, we walk out with the Spirit. How awesome would it be if we came in Already praising God, already be filled with the Spirit to just join together with other people to worship God in the Spirit. Okay, hey, I know I'm meddling, but you know, it what an awesome concept of a church of people filled with the Spirit, coming to worship in the Spirit, encouraging one another in the Spirit, and leaving in the Spirit, praising God someday. And he came into the spirit, into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you're releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Not your baby, not your... Your salvation. This man knows the Spirit and he knows what the Messiah is all about. Which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. This person understood that the Messiah was not just for the Jew. He was for you and me. He was a light of revelation for all Gentiles. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Again, all these other people are making statements and announcements and praises to God. Not after they were told by Joseph and Mary the origins of this child, but before. And it's like, well, God really is in this. But God really is in this. And they're amazed of what's being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. He tells Mary, All things are not going to go well. Yes, there will be those who are lifted up those who will be saved, but those who will reject and those who will oppose him. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. In essence, just when Jesus was pierced with that, those nails and that sword, it struck Mary as well. Because it doesn't matter how old your baby is, he's still your baby. I went one time to a, a, a baby a child um, CPR class. Um, I went with my daughter because uh, my son-in-law couldn't go. And two people had to go, so I went with her so she could go. And I don't remember all that was said and taught there. I remember some of the stuff. But the one thing that really struck me, she said I had, because they show you how you're supposed to give CPR to an infant and what you do for a toddler and a child. And she said her child, who was about three, swallowed and got lodged a piece of candy in his throat. And she was trying to give CPR as if he were an infant. And she goes, then I remembered, because he's my baby doesn't mean he's a baby. So then she had to use the appropriate CPR. But that's true. It doesn't matter how old your baby is. He's still your baby. And so, not only did the shepherds praise God, but we have Simeon who enters into the temple in the spirit, having promised that he would not see death until he saw the Lord's Messiah. He praises God. Verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. Now that should raise your... Thoughts real quick because it's going to say she was a prophetess and she was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then as a widow to the age of 84. Now, back then, the average life expectancy was between about 35 and 40. So she had a long life and lived a long life as a widow. But notice what she does with her time. She never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. Now, I noticed, I said, she's from the tribe of Asher. She's not a Levite. But she goes to the temple to work and to worship and to pray and to fast. For a very long time. And at that very moment, she came up and began giving thanks to God. Again, a, a, a woman who's a prophetess, one who wasn't told the origins of this child, is communicating and praising God for him. Not a Levite, not a priest, a widow. Praising God. And continue to speak of him to all those who are looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This old woman knew who this child was. Not because someone told her, but because the Spirit did. Now we have an obligation to tell people about the Messiah. To spread the good news, the gospel to everyone. And to speak of him as she did. But it should not surprise us that unless the Spirit speaks to them, they won't hear us. They may be polite and listen, but they won't necessarily hear because of the Spirit. But again, this widow praises God and continues to speak of Him. This child to this point has done nothing other than to be born. But they're praising God. Now most of us have read the Gospels. Most of us are believers. We have seen what this child will do and who he is and what he is and the fact of not only his offering of sacrifice on the cross, but how he loved people. We have so much more to speak about him. And we should be praising God And speaking of Him, more so than this woman. Because not only have we seen what He has done, we have experienced what He has done. We have experienced the redemption. We have experienced being from slaves to free people. We have experienced that love. We have experienced that forgiveness. We have experienced the power of God. We should be entering the sanctuary in the Spirit. We should be conducting ourselves out there in the Spirit. And we should be worshiping Him here in the Spirit, speaking of all of who He is. So this isn't a Christmas story. This isn't a story that we just say on sometime before December 25th and then relegate it to another time. It is the birth and beginning of the ministry of the Messiah and the demonstration of the love of our God. He spoke to shepherds. He spoke to people who were in the temple. He spoke and they praised. Outside, inside, praising God. Let us, with one accord, sing praises to our God. And all God's people said.
1: By Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge Let every breath, You.
0: sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his only arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre with the lyre and with the sound of melody, with trumpets and with the sound of the horn. Shout joyfully before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Thank
1: on your soul And the world remembers. And all an empty world can sell is empty dreams I got lost in the light, but it was up to me